0: Okay, hello and welcome Mind Body Masters to episode number 3 of the Mind Body Masters podcast. I'm your host Jake Curry, and as always, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. So so thanks for tuning in and thanks thanks for joining us. Now, today's episode is going to be another foundational episode, and what I mean by that is I want to help give you guys a new perspective on health and your body and the mind body connection so that you can start to look at things differently and start to draw your own conclusions. So, today I'm going to be talking all about how uh, the environment affects our body and how stress affects the body. Now, this is going to piggyback off episode number two, how the body follows the mind, and it's going to give that a bigger picture. It's going to extrapolate that a little bit more. So, if you haven't listened to episode number two, make sure you go back and check that one out in full before you uh, listen to this podcast. So, the reason I want to help people with a new perspective and that is one of the three pillars of what being a mind-body master is, is understanding how your mind-body connection works so that you're able to use that to your advantage to um, help heal yourself, to break through some of the the barriers emotionally that might have been keeping you stuck. But one of the biggest things that this is really important for, this is particularly important for people out there that are constantly worried about disease. They're constantly worried about getting sick Um, they're always anxious about their hereditary like understanding that they like thinking that they might have some kind of disease or they might be prone to some kind of disease and living in fear of that this kind of information is for these people so um, stay tuned this episode is going to be an absolute doozy. Hello, my name is Dr. Jake Curry. I'm a chiropractor and I specialize in the mind-body connection and teaching people how to heal themselves. Becoming a mind-body master allows you to break free from the old emotions and patterns in your mind that have kept you stuck so that you can heal yourself physically from the inside out, unlock your true potential and feel truly inspired and energetic once more. If you're ready to learn how to harness the healing powers of your mind and develop the tools to become emotionally bulletproof, we'll stay tuned as we heal, grow, and evolve. All right, so like I said, this episode is going to really help people that live with a lot of fear about and worry about their body. Um, and so my goal here is to plant a seed here that's going to help it grow and germinate so that you can really start to honor your body, trust your body, um, understand that mother nature doesn't make mistakes and start to create a bit of a paradigm shift around health going from our bodies are broken and malignant and we need to be fearful and, and worried about them breaking down to actually feeling empowered and fearless in terms of our own health. Now, Before I get started, um, as with all of these episodes, please, this is not meant to be medical advice. So do not substitute that for medical advice and do not take this as a diagnosis because this is not what it's designed for. This is designed for you to, as I said, plant a seed and start to look at things from a different perspective so you can start asking some new questions. Um, So by the end of this, podcast and by the end of this journey together, I really hope that you have a similar or a new more empowered perspective on health and what it means to be healthy and what causes disease and even reframing disease in a different light that's gone from the body's broken and malignant, like I said, to, hey, my body's adapting and coping. So I'm going to use a lot of analogies and stories in the animal kingdom and in plants um, because whenever I explain this to people, when I explain it in those terms, it makes so much more sense for people. I don't know what it is about explaining how stress affects an animal or stress affects a plant, but people just get it. And so I want to explain that so that you can start to apply that same understanding back to yourself and back to your own body. So um, yeah, prepare for a few stories. (laughs) Um, I tell a lot of stories. It's a way... In which i communicate and um so i hope that really resonates with you so the first thing i want to look at is well firstly if you haven't listened to episode number two i'll say it again make sure you go back and have a listen because in that episode i talked all about how the the body follows the mind so i gave a couple examples like if you're stressed about something at a cellular level your body will physically adapt and it adapts to help you cope with that stressful environment And there's been some amazing research done by an epigeneticist called and a cellular biologist, Bruce Lipton. And I talked a little bit about his studies in episode number two about how he had uh, stem cells, which essentially have um, all the same genetic makeup and they divide quite rapidly. And he put those different stem cells in different cultures. And depending on what culture he put the stem cells in determined what kind of uh, DNA structure those cells, cells adapted. And so from his study, you're able to start seeing that the environment in which the cells are placed is actually the most important thing in terms of genetic outcome. So let's look at a plant, for example. Now, imagine you have a a house plant, say, and (laughs) there's a funny thing in Bunnings. If you kill a house plant, they'll they'll return it to you in a year, which I think is really cool. And I think they're probably going to, um, have a few dead plants being returned to them. But imagine you have a house plant, right? And you don't water it. By not watering it, that's a change in that plant's environment. And what's that plant going to do? It's it's There's actually physical adaptations that that plant will go through, depending on what kind of plant it is, that are going to help it cope. They're going to help it uh, survive that stressful, dry environment. So what I mean by that is, the environment of the dry, um, lack of water environment, will actually cause um, the the triggering of certain genes in the plant, and those certain genes will create physical changes in the leaves and structures of the plant. So, um, a lot of plants, when they're faced with a dry environment, that it'll that environmental stimulus will trigger a genetic change, and the genetic change will t- start the leaves to shrivel. And part of the shriveling is actually to help decrease the surface area to volume ratio of the plant and uh, reduce the amount of water that's evaporated through the leaves. I don't know if that's 100% correct. I'm not a horticulturist, but you get the idea. This stressful environment or lack of water caused the plant to physically adapt to try and conserve water as best it can. If we looked at that that plant as just non-horticulturalists, we would look at that plant and we wouldn't think, oh, that plant's really diseased, it's sick, it's really broken. We'd probably go, well, hang on, it just needs some water. Like, And often with these plants is you will water them and they'll return back to life. I had a plant called a peace lily um, for anyone out there. And I'm a pretty bad plant parent. And these peace lilies they give you a really good signal. So when I haven't watered them enough, they'll physically droop and start to drop. So this is an adaptation um, designed by the plant to help it cope with the um, change in environment. And as soon as you water them, boom, they spring back up to life. So that's an example of how an adaptation occurs because of a change in the environment. Now, let's just look at an animal now. So Let's look at how a change in an animal's environment can trigger something similar. So imagine you're a deer, and you go down to your local watering hole, which you go down to every single day, and all of a sudden the the watering hole is dried up. That would be kind of a stressful event for an animal. It would be kind of unexpected. And that stress or that perceived danger that the animal would experience would start to signal physical changes in the body. So, I've been studying something called Germany medicine for the last six years and practicing that um, and using that as a roadmap to help clients understand the old emotions and stresses that have caused their disease. So, from the perspective of Germany medicine, and I'll touch on this a little bit throughout the podcast, but from that perspective, that unexpected stress will cause the triggering of very particular and very important adaptations at the cellular level. And this is the, this goes down to the same principle that Bruce Lipton talks about is you change the environment and the cellular structure and, and genetics will actually adapt. So in that example of the deer being down at the watering hole and there's no water, that would signal a very particular type of change at the level of the kidneys. And you might be wondering, well, why do the kidneys, why would they change? Well, the change actually helps the animal to conserve water. And so changes in the kidneys, helping the animal conserve water, it actually helps the um, animal cope with the change in stressful environment. That is a really cool way of looking at things is going, oh man, the change that's occurred in that animal, which maybe modern medicine would label a disease or a malignancy or a, a cancer or something like that, Maybe that's actually a really smart adaptation made by mother nature designed to help this animal cope with the lack of water in its environment. Now the other side of this is, well firstly, that's a really cool way of looking at things because instead of, if that animal had say a kidney disease, you probably wouldn't look at it and go, oh man, that animal's got a kidney disease. It must have, must have poor genetics. You'd go, no. That animal's obviously been through some kind of stressful change in the environment and its body's adapting. Very smart and intelligently to help it survive. So the same applies for you. Like, where is your body helping you survive? And I'll come back to this uh, more in a moment. But another great example of this is, imagine you studied a, a particular group of, I don't know, meerkats. And you studied them for 100 years. Well, they've been studied for 100 years. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, all of these meerkats start getting sick. They start getting some kind of disease. Now, would you think that, oh, maybe it's their genetics. Maybe they, they were destined to get that because their their mother and their father and their grandparents had that disease. You wouldn't likely think that when something started like that. It's You wouldn't look at a group of animals and go, oh, hang on, maybe they've contracted some kind of disease or maybe there's a genetic mutation that's occurred in the last round of breeding that's given them this disease you wouldn't think that you'd be going what has changed in their environment and you'd look and you'd go okay well has their maybe their water supply has been changed or maybe their food chain's been disrupted or maybe the i don't know there's some kind of pollution in the ground or maybe they've been under a lot of um, territorial stress because there's um, a new housing estate that's moved in and, and taken over some of their breeding ground you'd look at it from that perspective and so now start to apply just start to take this and start to apply it now into understanding your own health now one of the now Germany medicine is amazing and if I have if go and have a look at it there's there's heaps of stuff out there online that absolutely slams this work because obviously when anything goes counter to the medical model, well then it's met with a lot of um, criticism and a lot of um, a lot of aggression really as well. So, but, but one of the things that um, in Germany medicine is that disease is not only smart, but it runs in two phases. So what I mean by it runs in two phases, well, again, I'll give you another story, but imagine you go to the gym. So this I'll, I'll go back a step. There's two phases is, There's a stress phase when, like that um, deer, when your body's in that heightened fight or flight stress state because, oh man, there's no water, there's been some kind of unexpected change in the environment, that stress state actually causes the body to adapt in a certain way. That's the stress phase. And then, so let's say in the deer, that stress caused the, um, the kidney cells to... Grow extra and help you to conserve water in some capacity. Um, we'll get into the specifics of that, but just, just take that as an example. When the water fills back up, when it rains, and the deer goes back to the watering hole, all of a sudden there's water again, and he or she's like, oh man, I can relax. I don't have to worry anymore. And so, because the stress and the, the environment has changed, the changes that the cellular structure that were there are now no longer required. And so what would actually happen is the body would start to, if it it grew extra cells, for example, to help you cope, well then those extra cells would start to be broken down. And this is when typically an animal will get sick or a human will get sick, is not necessarily in the stress phase, but when the stress goes away. Now, I know some of you listening are probably thinking about times when you've gone on holidays maybe, and you've got sick, and I'll I'll circle back to this in a minute, but because the stress has gone away, those smart adaptations that the body created are now no longer required, and so they will be expelled or returned back to normal, and this is often accompanied by healing symptoms, which are a fever, a pain, feeling sick, maybe bleeding, or a cough, or all kinds of different things, depending on what part of the body has gone through adaptations. And so you look at that, and this is going to lead into episode number four, how to trust your body. Um, so stay tuned for that one. But when you start to look at the um, the changes in the body of that deer and you start to understand that maybe all of those symptoms and sickness that the deer is experiencing is simply the body healing as the result of a previous stress that it had gone through. So that's a really... It's, it's a big, big leap for a lot of people to make in where they currently think in terms of how the body works and how disease works. And I'm not asking you to make that leap by any means. It's just, just as I said, this is just a, a seed to be planted and see where that goes. But one of the things is when you start to look at health this way, man, there is so much less fear. And Today, in full transparency, like I understand how my mind-body connection works. I understand how my body responds to stress. I understand why symptoms aren't bad. I understand that they're actually my body healing. And so as a result, I'm not worried about getting sick. I never think about, oh, my grandfather had this and my father had this. Well, I'm not worried about that because I know that the environment is the thing that dictates what changes occur in my body at the cellular level so i was talking about the gym before so the stress phase in that example is let's say you do 100 push-ups that is a stress on the body now if you haven't done 100 push-ups before or you haven't done 100 push-ups lately how would you feel two or three days later when you stop doing the push-ups well chances are you'd be your arms would be really sore you'd be really tired you'd, you'd you'd be tender to touch and so this is a great example of During the stress phase, the body's adapting and coping to uh, help you meet the demands of the environment. So in this instance of doing push-ups, muscles are physically breaking down and tearing because when they repair, they repair stronger. So the next time that you do push-ups, you'll be able to do 100 push-ups much easier. So then, but the thing is, two days later when you stop doing the push-ups, all those little tears that were occurring, they're now being repaired they're growing back stronger and so this is when you get the symptoms of muscle soreness and and pain and things like that but you wouldn't look at that the muscle soreness and go oh my body's my body's diseased or there's something wrong with my arms or why can't I lift my arms this is really bad no of course not you'd look at it and go oh my arms are sore because of the stress that my body went through doing those push-ups two days ago at the gym but the thing is, we under, that is such an easy-to-understand example of when an animal goes through a change or when a plant goes through a change but or when our muscles are sore from exercising and from the stress of exercising. But what about other things? Like, this is a big leap, but what about like more serious illnesses? Like, how is that any different? And once you start to look at things, and, and this is the place that I come from, is there is no difference. There is no difference between the human body and and what occurs in animals there is no difference to plants and the the key here is understanding that the environment and the perception of your environment which is a whole another episode the perception of the environment is actually the most important thing doesn't matter if you've got um, like some genetic predisposition to a disease or your grandfather had bowel cancer so therefore you're going to get bowel cancer no the environment is key you might have the, the, the gene for bowel cancer. I've, we've all got the gene for bowel cancer. But the thing is, the environment determines if that gene is switched on or switched off, and if that disease or adaptation is actually gonna express. So from that place, it's all about what can you control. And worrying about disease and worrying about your genetics and worrying about, oh, maybe I'm gonna get breast cancer because my mother got breast cancer that is a pretty disempowered state where you're the victim of your hereditary. You're the victim of your family genetics. And that's not a, a, like I don't think that's a very powerful place to come from because it leaves you completely out of control. Like you have no control Over that matter. But when you start looking at things from a mind body perspective, from a higher perspective of going, hey, the environment is the thing here, the environment is the key to what changes occur in my body, to what adaptations or diseases my body goes through, all of a sudden that is way more empowering because you know what you can control? You can control your environment. You can control how you think, you can control how you eat, you can control the people you hang around with, you can control your stress levels. All of these kinds of things are within your control. And if if the environment is the key to understanding health, well, all of a sudden, instead of being a victim to your hereditary, you're completely powerful and you have the ability to heal yourself. You have the ability to change your environment and you have the ability to heal and prevent disease. So that is a, like I said, it's a pretty big leap for a lot of people to make. And I don't want you to sort of just replace or or discredit the medical model or anything like that because i just want you to start thinking a little bit differently but i know from the place that i am when you understand that the environment controls your body and disease well all of a sudden you've got nothing to worry about you don't have to fear and instead of being a victim to your hereditary you can start being a mind body master and actually controlling your environment and doing good things for your body that are going to help you prevent disease and one of the most key factors in longevity and and health in my opinion is your emotional resilience so and being how you're able to deal with stress because we all know that stress is the biggest killer but everyone knows that stress is bad but no one really knows exactly why it's bad or how it works but understanding this is going to give you that new perspective and If you're able to manage your stress and your emotions, well, man, you are ahead of the game. And that is one of the best things that you can do for your own health and for the health of your family and community is to become emotionally bulletproof. So I'll leave you with that. Now, like I said, this is a whole new perspective and I hope this has just triggered something in your mind and gone, oh man, yeah, that that is a different way of looking at things. And yeah, that does make sense in plants. That does make sense in animals. It does make sense when I think of the gym. So look at your own life now and go, where am I maybe experiencing some chronic illness or maybe where am I experiencing some emotional stress or some external stress in my world and how might that be actually impacting my body? And But then one step further is going, well, what can I do about it? How can I change my perception? How can I change the environment so that it's less stressful and that it's less demanding so that I can have a healthier state? And I'll ask you one question. Like, have you ever experienced when you felt completely stress-free, completely at ease, you get sick? Or you get some kind of illness? Or you go on holidays from from work and all of a sudden you get sick? Well, this is that two-phase thing occurring. Is you go through a whole heap of stress and then when that stress goes away and you're peaceful and relaxed, your body goes into that healing mode. So episode number four is understanding how to trust your body and understanding that these healing symptoms or sicknesses or illnesses or disease, understand how they're actually really important for your body and understand that the purpose that they play is all about episode number four and trusting your body. So make sure you stay tuned for this one. All right, so that is it for episode number three, and I hope you've started to Really understand this new perspective and and start to apply it in your own life. Start to ask some questions about your own health and your own environment in particular. So, um, if you like I said, if you didn't listen to episode number two, make sure you go back and listen to that one first because today's episode will make a whole lot more sense. So, thank you so much for listening. As I said in the first couple of episodes, I really appreciate you're here and I really believe that this information can really help people feel more empowered and energetic and more in control of their lives and as you can see when you're able to control the environment you are able to feel more empowered instead of being a victim to your hereditary and your genetics all of a sudden you can take back that power and start to heal yourself and prevent illnesses from potentially occurring so um, if this has resonated with you please share it with someone else that you think is going to resonate with or share it with someone who needs to hear this message because This is what I'm making this content for. This is what I'm making this podcast for is to help people heal, grow and evolve. So thank you so much um, and stay tuned for episode number four.